Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Taking Social Stock podcast, hosted by me, Andrew. And me, Heather. This week, we're diving back into the, uh, I guess, social topics away from finance. Though this issue, like most social issues, does have roots and history tied to finance in a lot of ways, we're more focused on the social issue itself. This week, we're talking about white privilege. So as you might guess, both me and Heather are white, and Heather definitely understood this concept way before me. Obviously, she went to social work school, and it took me years to start to understand this, and it's still something I am understanding today and developing my understanding of how this applies, and I guess all the different facets we'll get into. Yeah, it's a continually learning process. I think at the heart of it is it's uncovering and understanding our biases more and being able to recognize them more knowing that we're always going to have them, always going to be learning. So it's a, a continual learning journey. So to start us off, why don't we just explain or define privilege? Privilege at the heart of it is having an advantage over something. So you could say if you have a lot of money, you have privilege because you have that advantage. Yep. We could even take it to say we have a car. So we have an advantage or a privilege to have reliable transportation to get to places, whereas others do not. So when I think of privilege, growing up, you know, single parent household, not a lot of income. My mother did not go to college, didn't even finish high school. I always viewed privilege as the other people, people whose parents were doctors, my friends whose parents were attorneys. I viewed them as privileged. Mm -hmm. That's a term I think we all heard a lot. It was You hear it in TV. Mm -hmm. White privilege is something I didn't really start hearing of until more recently. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of when I first heard that term. It, anywhere between the first, the last decade, absolutely. I don't, the thing that really sticks out in my mind to me is this wasn't the first time I heard it, but this memory sticks out. I was at my job and was sitting in a lunch table with a couple coworkers. They were talking about privilege and one was talking about it from the system of what it means to have privilege as a white person. They were talking to this other person who said, who's also white and said, I don't have privilege. I worked hard for every single thing. I did not have any advantages. I was super poor grown up, et cetera, et cetera. And they were really talking at each other. I remember because I was overhearing them and I said, hey, can I, can I share an observation with you, what I'm seeing? They're like, yeah. And I said, I think you both are talking at each other because you're talking about different experiences. One of you talking about like a systems level issue as white privilege and the other is talking about your experience or lack thereof of what you feel of privilege. And that was the first time that that really sticks out in my mind. Obviously, you kind of introduced it and you were telling me like that to me, the system level. And I was more like the other party there where I'm thinking of how I grew up, how I had to get a job when I was 15. I worked, I had to pay for my first car, basically. Everything I ever really had beyond the food on the table growing up as a child, I worked for. So I felt I had no advantage. My friends had advantages, not me. I worked for everything I had. So how could I be privileged? Mm -hmm. And you were trying to explain to me that the system level, that white privilege is about the fact that you're white. So therefore... You don't go into, you know, a job interview or anything like that 
and start at that automatic disadvantage of not being white. Exactly. It's about the disadvantage. The color of your skin isn't something that's holding you back. It's not something that's keeping you from meeting your goal. It's not something that you're up against. Yeah. So yes, I grew up without privileges, but I still grew up with white privilege. And I think we may have talked about this on the podcast. When Donald Trump got elected, that's kind of when it finally sunk in. And I said, ah, I get it. I don't have to care about who won the presidency because I'm white. Yeah. That's that's the day really like it clicked in my head. Yeah. That was the day after he got elected or the day he got elected was, I think, a turning point for me in seeing that in you because systems levels issues, they take time to talk about. And it is work of white people that we have to commit to once we realize to try to meet other white people where they are who, if they're not. So exactly. I think that is... Um, that was a great day for me when you recognize that as well. I also, I've continued to work on how I describe terms. Um, I can continue to see biases in myself. That's part of being a, a human, especially a white person. We have these internalized things in us. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure from the time that Trump got elected and before then, I've gotten better at discussing that topic with you. It's not perfect, but I'm, I'm better than... I can describe it better than I could maybe six years ago, five years ago, whatever, before he was elected, before you grasped onto it. I think that's a key part of the the issue is both parties have to understand it before you can really start getting into discussions about it. So for us, when you're telling me about it, I was in denial or telling me about it. I was in denial because I didn't recognize it within myself because I was just focused on, well, I didn't have anything. So how could I possibly have that? Then when you start to understand it, you start to go through all the instances of your life where, okay, I can see how it might have applied. Mm-hmm. And then you have the things to talk about. It's similar to, and this will be a different episode, but understanding your built-in biases and internalized racism in some ways, mm-hmm. you grow up, if you grow up white, that you might have. You, you don't recognize the subtle racist tendencies you might have until you basically almost accept like I could be slightly racist yeah you may think you're the nicest person and that overrides it in your mind that how can I be potentially racist or doing harmful things to others if I love people Mm -hmm. it's unconscious in some ways and I think you build this mental wall of yourself like I pulled myself up by my bootstraps so how could I who worked so hard for everything have had privilege yep but once you realize it then you start having those conversations and you can start moving forward there's a video where we'll link that's James Corden. Uh, He's the, what show does he host? Oh, no. Some night, same late night Yeah, one of those show. late night shows. We don't watch them. Uh, like, we watch clips on YouTube. But it's the car karaoke thing. So he does has a great video that he put out this summer. It's a five-minute clip where he's talking to one of his staff writers, who's a woman of color. When was the George Floyd? May. Like, in May. May. So, yeah, there are definitely things that you can do in support of Black Lives Matter, I think, is what the total episode is about but the clip is her helping him understand or them as a duo explaining white privilege yes yeah what was it about that that stuck out to you because you found that i think they did a great job of breaking down the the kind of like internal denial that you might have as a white person who worked hard to get where you are in life Mm -hmm. because it's not about you being a bad person or that you didn't deserve everything you have 
It's just understanding you deserve everything you have. And there are others who work just as hard as you. They're not getting the same treatment because just simply they have a disadvantage of what they look like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I like that they did go through kind of those processes of, oh no, now I realize this. How do I feel? Oh no. Now I'm trying to make other people care for me and make me feel better about these guilty feelings and all the things that come along with recognizing that your existence as a white person feeds into systematic racism. It's a lot to un- to undo. And I think he did a good job of normalizing it. Like, yeah, this is going to be part of it. Deal with it. And it's okay. <laughs> part of the video, kind of the real point is the, the woman that he's speaking with, she says, well, you have a really great asset to help these movements like BLM. Mm-hmm. And it's your white privilege. When you recognize it, you can then use it to start understanding the plight of other people. I like that video too. It's bite size and it deals with a tough situation and normalizes it about like, hey, if you're going to become a better person here, it's going to be uncomfortable. And that's a normal part of that process. You also shared a link with me that I watched a little bit ago, really liked it on Trevor Noah. And it's just a few minutes as well. So I would for sure recommend that people watch that too. And then we also are going to have a couple of articles that are kind of op-eds. And I did that intentionally versus honing in on an article that deals with a lot of statistics. Because when it comes to a topic like white privilege, like white privilege, the statistics are out there. The data is out there. It's easily available. Communicating and understanding how we play into issues in systemic racism, it really has to come from making some understandings or understanding the experience of of people who have been impacted by racism. Yeah, I I read both the articles. Um, They came from different angles. One kind of more focuses on the entertainment industry and music artists. Because one was a New York Times article, I believe, and the other one was... It was a Fortune article, and it was... Don't talk about the capital siege without mentioning white privilege. So something that is very timely. That's right. Yeah. So that one was definitely more, I wouldn't even say it was political. It was more just about recognizing that that movement shared a lot of similarities to other movements. And it was clearly, there was definitely racial motivations behind it with some of the groups that were participating. Yeah. With that one, and I want to go back to the other one here in a little bit too. With that one, the thing that stuck out most to me was there was a good challenge in there to say, hey, if you're not thinking, if you're a white person reading this and you're not thinking about your black colleagues and colleagues who are people of color when it comes to this capital siege, they are thinking about it. So a reminder of, you know, with everything that's happened over, especially the previous year, remembering as a white person like we could say oh that was a white so i'll say for me we could say like oh that's a white supremacist action that's not surprising but also needing to be remembered like it's hitting my colleagues acquaintances friends in different ways than it hits me and one of the things that really stuck out to me was they included this quote by this journalist whose name is masha gessen and she said nobody was afraid of the white mob a unique and insidious form of privilege we do not fear these, those whom we see as being like us. We fear the other. 
this, I think, really hits home when we know that some of the people who are planning this attack, they've been planning it openly on online forums for a while. There wasn't enough uh, police at the Capitol. But a few months ago, when Black Lives Matter was protesting, they were lined up in force. So it really hits into that space of like, we don't expect the people who look like us to to be this mob. And that's an insidious form of racism and of the privilege that we have and we can have as white people. Um, The other thing I got from that was they called it out, and this is, I mean, I've called this out in social media, so it's going to be a little bit of a political statement, but if you don't believe that if it was a black protest that broke into the Capitol and did that, pooped on rugs, tried to steal, well, did steal stuff from politicians, if you don't think that that would have been met with extreme force if it was all black protesters, you might be a racist. Like, if you if you can't recognize the difference that was shown to this group of white protesters, well, not protesters is a very mild wor- word for what they They're were. They're rioters. Yeah. If you don't recognize the difference that they were showed, you really need to check your bias because yeah. you're completely wrong. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better. Yes, you're wrong. Then the fourth of the fourth thing that we're going to link is from the New York Times. And it's when culture really began to reckon with white privilege. So this was written just last month, December. It covers how there was this open letter this summer called Dear White American Theater. And what that digs into is how there's gatekeeping, white gatekeeping in liberal, white liberal run institutions in the arts. And so we have directors and playwrights who are BIPOC, black indigenous people of color coming out and and saying, here's where in all these different instances where we've been ignored, slighted, where white privilege has kept us out of the room or out of where we should be. I thought this was important because it can say, you know, we started with this, this thing over here about the state capital where white privilege let the rioters do what they did. They were coming from a place of hate, anger, fear, fueled, all those things. This, on the other hand, is from liberal whites, people who have, who identify as progressives, who want to be on the right side of history, as we would say, in saying, this is where white privilege also has to be checked, where we have to consciously and deliberately do work. One of the, or a couple examples, so Jenny Slate, who, you know, I love Parks and Rec, she played Mona, Mona Lisa on there and was just kind of a goofball on the show. She was actually a terrible person on the show, but it was like a comedy, right? So she was on this cartoon and I never saw it. It was called Big Mouth. Did you ever see that? No, I didn't. Okay. But she was playing a black character on the show. She pulled out of that show as a result of of some of these situations, realizing like she shouldn't be voicing the person of a black person. There are plenty of black actors who... Was she biracial? No, the character was that she was playing. Okay. Yeah, and then there were a couple others that got mentioned. And I remember when this happened to Dixie Chicks, they're now the Chicks because Dixie carries a racist connotation to the south to the confederacy under the mason dixon line anything to the south of that or pro-slavery so it harkens back to that you know they had a recognition that there was pain in that word that 
had been a part of as people from the south had been part of vocabulary that had been in their space forever you know i really like the show heart of dixie i watched it on netflix years after it like closed out like one of your pandemic shows that you watched yeah it was and i didn't recognize for probably honestly until like the chicks said they weren't going to be dixie chicks that right like so even that goes to being like oh i i look back and i'm like how did i not know that i mean i'm not from the south but again not knowing or thinking about connotations and i didn't have to because i'm white it didn't affect me if they the the historical aspects of the name of that show the historical aspects of the name dixie chicks so a lot of continually you know i think the space that that when you're in a space of recognizing you have white privilege there's this push and pull of we have to challenge others we have to challenge ourselves we also have to give grace to others as they're learning and give grace to ourselves to say to just recognize like oh, that was a bias, didn't know that. I was totally ignorant to that. Even if I was ignorant, it can still cause harm. I'm going to do better. I'm going to be aware. And so it's a constantly learning. Oh, exactly. I mean, you did that with me. I didn't understand it when you did. We both learned from that experience that and giving each other time to come to their own conclusions and kind of identify it. It's a marathon because even once you start to understand it, we talk about this all the time because we've identified it and we're growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still a long way off. And I just, you know, I think it is a process. And even like this, the last article mentioned, even the left-leaning Hollywood, you know, circles who think that they're progressive have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be area for improvement where Trevor Noah kind of hits on this in his video. There's hundreds of years of injustices. Yep. And it's going to take time to chip away at all those because they've just been built so into our brains. Mm-hmm. It's built in. We're all we're all a part of this system and impacted obviously in very different ways. But we're all under this system. So, like you, I think you just put it in a good a way that it's a marathon and get ready. It's gonna be rough, and that's a good thing. That's part of the learning process. Yeah. So overall, with all of these, you know, we have a couple of videos, a couple of articles really trying to hit on multiple ways to think about what it does it mean to have white privilege and also thinking about like you know we recognize biases that we talked about but also thinking about if if you have it it's a fact if you're white you have it it's a fact what are you going to do with it to make the world better and to make the world more equitable okay i think that's going to do it for this week's episode unless you had anything else to add heather no, not right now. No. All right. So that'll wrap it up. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at takingsocialstock at gmail.com. If you haven't, please leave a review on iTunes. That does greatly help us. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. 